Dawson. And he hits it, brilliant goal! Aaron Gunnison to Gilfie Sigurdsson. What a turn from Gilfie Sigurdsson! Johan Berg Gudmundsson. And here's Ida Gudjonsson! No, can you believe it? Sigurdsson wins himself and scored spectacularly! Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Iceland World Cup podcast. We're a little late here. We've been licking our wounds over the last few days after that disappointing uh, Nigeria result. Uh, Gunnar, are you are you over it yet? Yeah, you know I'm. Uh, I'm I'm getting over it. It's uh, we always knew it was going to be a tough game. Nigeria, strong team, no obvious weaknesses like like Argentina. We we knew it was going to be a tough game. It was a game that we really wanted to win. Yeah, but it was always going to be a tough game. They were very cocky. They did think that they would win it. That was kind of the the word coming out of the the camp and and the press around the team. And that's never a good sign. I think uh, you know we've seen it so many times before when that happens, and it's just not a right attitude to have. Um, you were talking about no clear weaknesses. Yeah, I don't know what the weaknesses are. Uh, per se of the Nigeria team, but I know that you know we spent maybe five or six months preparing for the Argentina game, and uh, we obviously know Croatia well, but I don't think anyone spent any particular amount of time preparing for that Nigeria game. It was kind of uh, the second fiddle in the tournament, so uh, maybe the players came kind of unprepared into the game and uh, deserved to lose. I mean, they, they started off well, first half uh, had chances and and looked positive going forward, but they uh, their tank kind of ran out of gas. They towards the end of the game and, and the end of the second half. Obviously, it was very hot. And, I mean, that's an excuse that the players and coaching staff will use uh, before the game and after the game. We're talking about it. I don't really like that as an excuse. I don't think weather plays a big part. You do see that when you if, if you grow up and live in, like, a hot country and play football there or run or whatever, you do get used to that climate. You get acclimatized. And, and so the, these... You know, Nigerian players come from a hotter, more humid climate, and that and growing up in that climate, it definitely helps when you're playing in heat. But I don't think that's an excuse. But I'm, I'm just putting it out there. It, it does help a little bit, but definitely not an excuse for this loss. No, I'm not really sure that it's fair to say that we didn't prepare for this game. You know, the press was always going to be around the Argentinian game. You know, we almost every day approaching the tournament we had you know news Messi and Argentina this and that and Iceland and uh, but I'm sure they prepared for Nigeria as well you know I'm sure Hamish studied the team and, and and the players but the game you know we were definitely getting pretty tired towards the end we saw you know Aaron sometimes he, he, he just walked back you know usually such a, a fierce and, and driven player but he was he was definitely feeling it yeah he was dead towards the end there yeah it wasn't exactly a terrible game. It was only a 2-0 loss. Uh, both goals, I believe, were scored from counterattacks. Yeah. So it's not like they outplayed us. And it's not like mm-hmm. we didn't have some chances. They did control the possession a lot. But, you know, it was it was still a fair game. Well, um, we went with a different line. We went 4-4-2, which would have been understandable maybe against the Nigeria team that played against Croatia. But uh, he changed tactics in our game, and I, I don't think 4-4-2 was the right way to go. I think we needed more people in the midfield. I think Yonta, the 
I mean, Jota didn't really play in the friendlies in Iceland when we played 4-4-2. He was trying to get Björn Bergman in there, who I obviously don't really uh, rate. And clearly Heyman doesn't either uh, because he didn't play him. Jonta, they worked hard as he does, but it just didn't really work. And the midfield two of Aron and Gilvet, who have been injured, maybe weren't totally fit enough to get up and down the field in a two-man midfield rather than against Argentina where they had Emil, who I thought was maybe the player of the match. Uh, they had him there to, to do the heavy lifting and running and uh, he didn't play this game or didn't start, which I thought was unfair, and I think it showed in the end. No, there are, there are definitely um, some questions asked of Hamid, you know, whether he made the right decision. He, he claims to have made the right tactical decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's impossible to know what would have happened, but but it, it would have definitely, I think, given us an advantage to control the midfield better. Well, Hamid very rarely uh, admits mistakes or, or whatever, and, you know, the formation wasn't necessarily a mistake, but it didn't end up working out if we had scored first or something then you know it would be a completely different conversation but Nigeria deserved what they got and obviously they just like we were playing playing with a lot more passion and and pride and strength and will against Argentina than Argentina was I think Nigeria were in a situation where if they had lost they would be out of the tournament so they were really fighting and so that showed on the field they looked fitter they looked sharper and their game plan was smart to uh, play on the counter plus i mean nigeria is not a bad team they're a very good team it's the biggest country in africa it's they have you know so many premier league players in that team they you know as i was saying in the preview they have better players they have bigger players um, whether they're a better team you know it's hard to argue but they did beat iceland so uh, i guess we could say that but yeah it was kind of a, a shot down to earth puts us in a difficult situation now so the group is very tight the game tomorrow uh which we'll be discussing in a bit is uh, all to play for but basically uh we have one point we're in third place above argentina on goal difference nigeria are in second currently and croatia is through and they have won the group so no okay they haven't won the group technically yet although they're it's you know it's pretty much won the won the group but they're at least through, and uh, and so there's so much to play for, and it's going to be a stressful game, uh, and two hours tomorrow, uh, seeing what's going on in the Argentina-Nigeria game, at the same time as the Iceland-Croatia game, but if we kind of go into that, I mean, first of all, uh, Nigeria-Argentina, obviously, there's revolts going on in Argentina, they're not performing nearly to the uh, expected standard that we would expect from them normally, and uh, a lot of people are complaining in the homeland. You know, I, I, I love to say I told you so. So uh, I feel like I did tell you so about this Nigeria game that we wouldn't take it seriously enough. And the Iceland team maybe doesn't perform up to the standards that it sets for itself against big teams. So I was unfortunately kind of right about that. But what I was also saying before the tournament started is that Sampaoli and this Argentina team are not going to end well. And it's going to be a, uh, a fiery tournament, and that's what it's turning out to be. I just don't rate Sampelli that highly uh, from a tacti- tactical perspective. I think he's just a blustery, loud, uh, kind of aggressive manager, and uh, it worked with Chile, but it hasn't really worked anywhere else. And obviously he went back to his three at the back against Croatia and got totally found out, you know, and that defense sucks. And and uh, your friend over there at Chelsea... Uh, Caballero. Caballero, uh, yeah really embarrassed himself and uh, I think Chelsea should sell him and buy Hannes instead 
<laughs> Although no, because then he'd be a, a B goalkeeper and that probably wouldn't be good for the national team. But yeah, so revolts in Argentina. They're saying that Mascherano and Messi are going to choose the team for the next game, which I kind of actually believe. You know, I think they wield a lot of power in that dressing room. Although if I were Mascherano, I wouldn't put myself in the team. I don't know how he thinks he should be a starter. Uh, he's obviously a great influence in that dressing room and he has always been pretty much the captain of Argentina, even though Messi's been the guy with the armband. But it'll be interesting to see Messi make his managerial debut. And uh, so we're obviously in a difficult situation because we want them to win. We don't want them to win by too much. So if we go through the whole situation, uh, Iceland needs to better the, the result of... Well, better or equal the result of Argentina. So if we beat Croatia 1-0 and Argentina beat Nigeria 1-0, we're through. But if Argentina beat Nigeria 2-0 and we go 1-0 against Croatia, they're through. So it's really tight. It's just one goal, one goal. So like if Argentina scores against Nigeria, I don't know if I should celebrate or not because then they're only one goal away from, you know, knocking us out, assuming we're already beating Croatia, if that were to happen. So it's going to be extremely stressful tomorrow. And uh, But, you know, that's the excitement of the World Cup. And I'm really enjoying this World Cup in general, uh, seeing some big upsets and, and really the passion. You forget about the passion of, especially like the African teams in the stands, the way they, you know, are all dressed up in traditional garb or whatever and all this, you know, passion and fans getting along together. It's it's why you love the World Cup. So I'm really enjoying this this tournament. But yeah, tomorrow's going to be, uh, in, in the late kickoff, is going to be uh, very stressful. I only know uh, how that's going to go. But I, I think, have I explained well enough all the things that need to happen? So if Argentina and Nigeria draw, we're out. Argentina need to beat Nigeria. That's the first thing that needs to happen. We need to beat Croatia. That's the second thing that needs to happen. Although I guess they would be happening at the same time. And we need to have either the same or better goal difference from that game. Currently, we have a goal difference of minus two. Argentina have a goal difference of minus three. So yeah, that's the that's what needs to happen. I think, you know, there's a lot of different things, uh, different ways that could play out. But that's basically what needs to happen. What happens, though, if Argentina and Nigeria draw? Then Nigeria are through. They have four points. Then, they right? would have four points. Now we would have four points if we beat Croatia. Yeah, but they have a better goal differential. Yeah, okay. So we would need to beat Croatia big. Yeah. Well, you know... And if it's if it's tied, then it goes down to head-to-head. Okay. Well, after, after goal scored, yeah. yeah, I think, like, the fourth one would be head-to-head. Okay. Which we would lose. Well, Nigeria, you know... We saw that they're a very strong team, and Argentina are in shambles, and, and I really, I yep. don't know how yeah. well they're going to be able to perform, you know, with Messi and Mascherano, if if that rumor is true, uh, controlling the team, and then, you know, the, the coach is so important. Yeah, there's like a revolt going so, on in there. Uh, you know, I, I would, if these rumors are true, I would really doubt Argentina's ability to win this game. Yeah, I hope uh, they win 1-0. That would be the best result for us. Uh, but yeah, if Nigeria get a draw or win, that we're out. That's going to be really disappointing. Um, I can't really see that happening. I, I, well, I mean, Argentina and Nigeria did play uh, six months ago or something, right before the draw for the World Cup. And Nigeria won, I believe, 4-3. It was in Nigeria. So that did happen. And, I mean, this Argentina team just sucks. I think we're under Sampaoli. It's not that the players are bad. It's that this team sucks. They didn't. They barely qualify for the World Cup. But Messi came and saved them in that game against uh, Ecuador, I believe. And maybe he'll just have to do it again. Although, maybe he's just pissed off. He's like, fuck this. I don't even want Argentina to go through. They're, they're sucking. They don't deserve this. And, I mean, that's how he's looked so far. He looks so motivated 2014 World Cup. Now he just looks uh, kind of lost. Yeah, you know, Messi, it's it's unfortunate you can't choose what country you play for because a player like him really deserves... 
Argentina are like one of the biggest teams in the world. But you know that that's sort of those are sort of past glories, though. Yeah. So I mean, this generation, and I think you saw this. You know, usually you can see uh, what generations are going to be good for national teams, starting in the in the youth uh, youth teams and the youth World Cups. And the last ten to fifteen years, you've seen that the Argentinian players or, or teams haven't been winning the Youth World Cup, haven't been doing well in those tournaments. Uh, Brazil have, but Argentina haven't. And I don't know how generations are decided, but it's just they haven't been doing good. So I think we're going to see that trend continue. But that's enough about Argentina. Let's get into the Iceland-Croatia game, which is tomorrow, uh, possibly our last game at the World Cup, uh, possibly ever. Um, you know, it, it's kind of... Now that it's the, the moment is finally here, it, it felt like it went by uh, far too fast. Uh, there's been some ups and then there's been some downs, but in the end, we, we're not going to complain no matter what happens. Um, but the, the, the boys did, you know, have that goal of getting through to the uh, knockout rounds, and um, that would be so much fun if that happened. But I'm giving us like a 15% chance because so, so many things have to go right, and the first thing that has to go right is we need to beat Croatia. No, this is, this is a real mountain that we have to climb, and... Uh... You know, I, I, I'll really, I'll be crossing my fingers and my toes and everything, and, and praying to every, oh, every deity that's ever existed, because this is, <laughs> this is really. I mean, we know how good Croatia are, and we know Nigeria are a good team. We know Argentina are in shambles, and so many things that probably aren't going to go right have to go right. And uh, yeah, yeah, we put ourselves into this ridiculous situation by uh, by failing to beat Nigeria or get a point from them, and that's that's obviously disappointing. Um, but. Uh, other than you finding Jesus here to support us, uh, there are maybe some other positives. Uh, you know, if if, if we want to go into the game with a positive uh, attitude, so Croatia are through, which probably puts us in a fine position. Uh, they know that if we beat them, then they win the group. First of all, that well, no, if, if Nigeria also loses, which I mean, they'll be checking at halftime to see the scores. The players and the bench will know what the score is. So, but since Croatia have six points. Uh, they'll be resting players, which is, you know, a blessing and a, and a curse in some ways. The players that'll come in will be fresh and will be wanting to prove themselves. And also, I mean, they have players like Kovacic on the bench, you know. He, he's on the bench at Madrid, he's on the bench at, for Croatia because they have such a strong midfield. But that's not exactly a bad bench. And they have other... They just have a deep and good squad and they're, they're probably going to go far in this tournament or, or that's what they're trying to do. So their coach has already been quoted and, and, and put it in, in, in writing or in words that he's going to rest uh, people who are on yellow cards. And he said, Ivan Rakitic, obviously Barcelona, Mandzukic, obviously the player probably that I hate the most. He's such a cunt-looking guy. I don't know. I just don't... <laughs> How can you like him, really? He's always rolling on the floor, punching people, stepping on people. He scored a great goal in the Champions League final once, but I just I hate that guy. Um, he won't be playing. Varsko and Rebic uh, won't be playing either, so these are starters. Um, he didn't say anything about Modric. I think Modric will probably play. Um, but those are players on, on yellow cards that won't be playing, and then there's players that are, he's going to rest for the knockout stages that won't be playing. So other players will come in instead. Do you think that's going to help us or do you think they'll be well rested and it's going to hurt us in the end? It's really difficult to predict how they're going to react. You know, these young or not necessarily these uh, these bench players 
are obviously going to be really keen to prove themselves to the coach and to the country. Uh, also, they're going to be very well-rested compared to us and, and the Croatia starters. So it could go that way very easily. But it could also be that they're not up to it and uh, we're able to steal a win from them. So it's, it's really difficult to predict. Yeah, we will be motiva- motivated. And we've played Croatia like five times in the last five years. So we know what we're up against. And the, the players won't be like uh, in awe. You know, it's not like facing Messi. It's pretty much facing a team that we've faced many times before. Plus, they only have a 22-man squad because they had to or had to uh, decided to send home uh, Nikola Kalinic uh, for who knows. He refused to come on or something. Probably bad behavior. Um, so they only have 22 players. So, you know, that's less players that they can play. But if you just run through their squad, it's full of quality. Uh, so we're, we're definitely not favorites. Um, but we'll be playing with the same team pretty much that started against uh, Argentina. Good news that Johan Berg should be back, which is really important for us. He's one of our best players. Uh, so I think pretty much the exact same lineup you saw against Argentina will be playing against Croatia, which is good. Plus, Heimer said to me that he would be playing a three-man midfield in this game because they have such a strong midfield. So uh, if you want to bet on a starting lineup, that's exactly what it's going to be. So that's uh, good. Yeah, that's definitely um, our strongest squad and and the best way to counter Croatia's strong midfield. Why don't you tell us a little bit about a little bit about our record against Croatia for those of them, for those of the listeners who don't. Well, so what happened in this qualification group? I mean, obviously our adventure with Croatia started two thousand for the qualification for the two thousand fourteen World Cup, which was we almost qualified. We got into the playoffs, and uh, that would have been our first World Cup, and would have been amazing. We got Croatia in the playoffs, nil-nil uh, at home, and then a 2-0 loss away. And the player who scored both of those goals is actually has picked up two yellow cards and won't won't be playing against us tomorrow. So that's good news. Um, so that's when my hatred for them <laughs> began to boil. Then we had them in the qualification campaign for the for the Euros, and then we had them again for the qualification campaign for the World Cup this time, and we finished above them. We beat them at home, and I think we drew away. So our record against them is spotty, but not bad especially against such a big nation. But uh, they say themselves, their coach is saying that they want to, you know, get revenge for for that loss against us in the qualification group. So they're they're probably thinking similar things to us, uh, you know, that, that they have the right motivation and they want to beat us. It's not like they just want us to win. They're not going to give us this win. Don't, uh, don't think that at all. And if that were to happen, it's definitely going to be deserved. But yeah, the game uh, tomorrow or, or today, whenever you're listening to this, uh, is going to be in Volgograd, right? No, it's no, that was the last one. It's going to be in Rostov, which I think we have three national team players that play for Rostov, the team. That's uh, a Premier Russian Premier League team. I think Raknasiuson, Sverinki, and Bjarne Bergman all play for Rostov, so maybe uh, they'll feel comfortable in their home stadium, and maybe some fans will come out to support them. There won't be that many Icelandic fans. I think they, they say there's about 2,000 Icelandic It's a 45,000-seater stadium. 2,000 Icelandic fans, 5,000 Croatian fans, and the rest are just, you know, football fans or, or you know... The allocation for the Icelandic or, or for any team in this tournament is, you know, like 10% or something of, of the field, which is ridiculous. But I guess they want to be able to sell the World Cup to, you know, Russians and, and other people who want to come in and watch. But uh, and, and it's it's supposed to be hot again tomorrow. So if they want to bring in that excuse right now, then that's fine. Some, I don't know, uh, is there a lot of news coming out of the team? Uh, Hamid says he has his uh, phone turned off when he's asked about uh, offers coming in for him. Uh, that's a good attitude. I don't even like that people are asking him about that. Uh, he he needs to stop being selfish and start thinking about this team. Uh, I'm in a little. I'm not in as good of a mood, as, as positive of a mood with this national team as I was. 
um, because that Nigeria result was just not unacceptable, but it was just disappointing. Um, a lot of people are complaining that the Iceland team got to meet their families the night before the game in in, in um, Volgograd and, and have been allowed to meet their families. I don't get that criticism at all. I think there's nothing... There's no proven science about what's good, you know, whether you're not allowed to, whether you're in some kind of sex ban or whether you uh, can't, you know, meet your children or whatever. I don't know which one works better. I don't think you can prove. So uh, let's just be nice and let everyone meet everyone and let everyone feel good. And that's probably the best way to handle it. Yeah, you know, the it's very common here in Iceland now that uh, people are a bit a bit down with regards to the Nigeria game. and But it's not fair criticism. Uh at the, to criticize that they met their families, you know, that, that's probably just good for morale and, and getting letting them, letting them relax a bit. That kind of shows um, how far the team and the, the fan base have come that now we're complaining about this and we feel, you know, we're super pissed that we lost against Nigeria. But let's not forget we're the smallest country ever to play the World Cup and just being here is an adventure enough. So maybe we shouldn't, we're, we're not going to be down on our team even if we go out of this, you know, at this group and in, in the group stages. We're not going to be down on our team. We're still extremely proud of them just for getting there. And they're going to be, you know, clapped off the field and, and, and come home as heroes as they will continue to be. Um, it's just obviously never fun to get, you know, whenever you get knocked out of a, a, a tournament. Um, but let's not be so pessimistic before the game is. The game is uh, tomorrow or, or, or whenever. It's on Tuesday. Uh, it's the late kickoff. And uh, we'll be hearing from you uh after the game and hopefully we'll be in great moods but you know I, I can't predict what kind of mood we'll be in but in the end we're not going to be crazy disappointed because unless it's like a 90th minute goal or something that something that just breaks our heart but you know we're proud of of, of what this guy, these guys have done and and putting our little iceland on the big stage and and letting us you know enjoy this tournament with them you know in it uh it, it's great so uh so the game tomorrow Possibly Iceland's last game, but hopefully not. Uh, Croatia, stop playing so well. Give us a chance. And uh, Argentina, play better, but not too well. Don't beat Nigeria 5-0. Beat them like 1-0. We'll try to beat Croatia 1-0. And that's my prediction. Although, as I said, I give us like a 15% chance of going through. Do you have any predictions? Do predictions even matter? No, I don't really put too much stock in predictions. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm I'm an optimist at heart. And I want to believe that, that we're going to pull through, uh, you know... My, sort of the logical part of my brain is saying, you know, nah, that's probably not going to happen. But but I want to believe. Yeah. And I, I have faith. I have faith too. If there if there are uh, footballing gods, they will let Iceland go through to the knockout stages and let this adventure continue. If we don't, uh, we'll at least continue watching the World Cup and uh, and, and we'll talk uh, to you guys about that here. But that's it for this episode. We'll talk to you again very soon. Everybody watch the game and continue to follow the team for as long as possible. So uh, until next time, goodbye. And he hits it, brilliant goal! Aaron Gunnison to Gilfie Sigurdsson. What a turn from Gilfie Sigurdsson! Johan Berg Gudmundsson. And here's Ida Gudjonsson! Oh, can you believe it? Sigurdsson waits himself and scored spectacularly!